Hello. Happy New Year. This is the podcast, Not Your Normal Books, hosted by me, Callan. Exciting, exciting things. Um, I think there's one thing that I can officially announce next episode that I've been wanting to say for the last couple months, but um, I haven't gotten the okay to say them yet. So I'm excited. Uh, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone. We are now in 2021. We are out of the garbage fire that was 2020. They Hopefully things are different. I don't think I'll read as many books um, this year than I did the, uh, I can now say last year. Um, cause last year I read over 330 or not 300, 430 books. Um, a hundred of that was when everyone was on lockdown and in quarantine for the first few months of the pandemic. If you were not an essential worker, those were fun. So I'm hoping I can get almost 300 books in this new year, but we'll see how my luck goes with that. So for the Christmas that we had, um, I actually haven't, uh, didn't get to open my gifts Christmas day. Um, Christmas Eve, we did, uh, gift exchange and dinner with my mom, her boyfriend, and then his kids. Um, so we did that. And then uh, it was actually like New Year's day that, uh, my brother was actually able to come home and we were able to open our gifts then. And then also New Year's day, uh, we went over to our dad's house and did a gift exchange with, um, him and my little brothers. So, or I should say our little brothers, though, those were all fun. Um, but (laughs) Christmas day, um, so we had over my grandpa and one of my aunts. And so it was just four of us in the house. And that was it. No one else besides my dog. We also did a Zoom call with my aunts, my uncles, and then my sister who lives out in California. And it was it was nice to be able to see all of them on Christmas Day because what we would do in the past, because we can't do it this year at all, was we would have a family Christmas at, a couple days after after actual Christmas Day um, at my grandpa's house. I mean, my grandpa's house um, it was it was a good sized house. Somehow we're. <laughs> We, I, I said last episode, my mom is one of eight kids. Um, so each of her siblings has, uh, I have one aunt that doesn't have any kids, any kids, but all the rest of them have, I don't think I have one aunt or uncle. Oh no, I've got one uncle that has one kid, but the, but the rest of them have three to four kids each. So getting all of like my grandpa, my aunts and uncles and their um, spouses, my cousins and their spouses and their kids. So usually for a family Christmas, there's roughly like 50 of us in one house. So 
it it takes a lot of maneuvering around to especially when at time it's time to do like a gift exchange so um because we actually stopped buying gifts for everyone a couple of years ago so what we did now for the little kids they would buy ten dollar gift cards to wherever it is then they would take a blank envelope and draw and color whatever they wanted and then my grandpa would go through and he would pick which one is the best one so they whoever had the best um drawing or whatever you wanted to call it uh they got a stuffed animal or something along the lines of that and then all the little kids i got to pick the cards i want now they couldn't pick their own that was the one rule. And then uh, it's usually like, I want to say my youngest cousin's five. And then I think they topped it out. Like they, like once you got to like 16 or something, then you could join the white elephant. So the white elephant would be um, all my aunts and uncles. And then um, all of the older nieces and nephews. And, oh, my God, some of the gifts that would be given out was would be fun. And um, one of my uncles, he would also do a saran wrap ball. So not only did you have candy in there, but there was some money. There was uh, scratch-off tickets. And then in the middle of it was – so the um, my uncle that does this is a um, woodworker or a wood carver, whichever you want to do it. So there's one year he designed this intricate – box that you had to slide all these different ways to open it and oh man like I think we went around like six or seven times before someone got it open and there's like 30 of us kids just on the ground alone playing (laughs) oh it's so we recorded it one year and it was like a 40 minute video until they got the middle opened. And if you were, I think you had to be over a certain age, like 10 or something like that. And if you were that, like you use one hand and the hand that you use, you had to have an oven mitt on. And it it's so fucking fun to play. Oh my God. I absolutely loved it. Um, but um, to, to get off the uh, fun family memories real quick, um, one thing that I'm doing differently, because if, if you have seen right now, um, this is a shortened episode than what I have usually put out in the past. And that is because I am doing, I am kind of formatting the podcast differently from now on. I know before I have done... I guess uh, you would call it a full tale of the book. And I'm always afraid that I'm like now thinking about it. I'm afraid I'm going to get a cease and desist letter or, or any, or just being sued in general by an author. And I personally can't afford any of that. So I'm changing up the format and I, so I'll I'll still do a little bit of detail of the beginning and the ending of the book, but not all too much. But I will go, um, I will tell my own personal stories along with 
my point of view on certain things as well. So I'll have a little bit of what had been going on the, in the past, but um, not the full-blown, almost like a stop motion of everything going on in the book. So um, other than that, like, I kind of, I really hope you guys like this new format. I would absolutely love it if you would let me know if you do or not. Um, other than that, Okay, uh, we're now going to get into the book. Hi, Editing Kalen here. Um, I am editing all the audio. And one quick thing before you guys get into the episode, I am going to do a trigger warning. I do talk about abuse of a child in this. It's going to start out the abuse. It starts out in young teens and goes to late teens. So I want you guys to be fully aware of that before listening in on this. All right, so I am going to do some of the same things that I've done before, which is um, if we have named what our main characters are say, um, about the author and then our other characters, I'm still going to do that, but everything else has kind of changed. All right, so this is Lost and Found by Serena Lindell. I believe I'm pronouncing her name correctly, um, or at least her last name correctly. I'm not 100% sure on it. Um, So she has been writing since she was little, and when she was 12, she wrote her first book, and she hasn't stopped. Now she is... Uh, she is now publishing her works. So her favorite genres to either read or write are fantasy, romance, and sci-fi, and whatever else catches her fancy. She lives in upstate New York. She believes in true love, multiple soul matches, the beauty of a, and the beauty of uh, a starry night. She also writes under a pen name of Reina Orison. That is spelled R E Y N A. O-R-R-I-S-A-N. And that's uh, the pen name that she uses when she writes dark romances. Okay, so our main characters on this are Senya, Manny, Orion, Apollo, and Eric. So there aren't too many other characters in this story besides basically the parents of the main characters and some high school bullies. So the five... The five characters were best friends growing up. Manny and Sienna were actually step-siblings from ages 3 to 13 before their parents had died in a car accident. Um, it's after that that they grew apart. Because, you know, it, it, it does happen. When you've got... When, when you are friends with someone in elementary school, and then once you get to junior high, high school, you sort of fall to the wayside and usually it's just by having different interests and and things like that so it it's normal for people to grow apart but what actually happened is that sienna iced the guys out because when their parents died manny went to go live with his dad and stepmom and they moved to about two three hours away now this is all based in Florida. So Manny moved with it, moved in with his dad. Senya moved in with her mom. Now, I will get more into how life was with uh, with living with her mom, but 
when she had written in the letters in the letters it was um she was saying that she was being abused now she was not being abused by her mom it was by one of her mother's boyfriends and i'll get into exactly like what type of abuse was there i'm i'm, I'm not going to go into any physical descriptions i will just say um the type of abuse that uh that was that she received and, like, he never, the thing is, he never responded to any of the letters or anything. So, she just kind of thought, well, we're not family anymore. So, he just doesn't care. So, the, so she iced everyone out because, and, and I'll get into that um, uh, in a little bit. So, the brothers who are Apollo and Orion, they, after the funeral, they had to go to football camp now. As they wanted to not go to the football camp because, but that camp was so expensive that their dad would have lost like a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars if they didn't go. So I can kind of see like the dilemma where I don't want to go, but then dad spent all this money on us, so we feel obligated that we have to go. And and I completely one hundred percent understand like their hesitation on that. Now. The boys are in the same, the, the brothers are in the same grade, but they're not the same age. So, um, everyone thinks that they're twins, but Orion is actually the oldest by 10 or 11 months. Now, what their parents did was they held him back for a year. So then, uh, him and Apollo could be in school together. And not many people know that they aren't actually twins, but in, when, I'm going to go back to the letters real quick with Sonia. When she wrote the letters, like, I think one of her thoughts were, if I write the letter to Manny, I know Manny's a couple hours away. He won't be able to help right away, but he can call one of the guys and the guys can help. Like, like something like, like there'd be a way for her to kind of end whatever is going on at the, at, with, at her mom's place. That never happened. So not only does she blame Manny for it, but she blames all the guys as well. Now, the last one that we have is Eric. Eric is our last character. Now, Eric is having his own issues at home. So his mom had left. His dad had just gotten laid off from his job and he started drinking. And his dad was becoming a full-blown alcoholic. Now, his dad was not an abusive alcoholic at all. It, was, it, it almost seemed a little neglectful in a way and I don't think it was purposely done but he was such in uh, his dad had been in such a depression because not only had he just been laid off but his wife had just left him and 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 I get that that is making him drink I like I totally would have done the same thing like when I so I've said before that I have anxiety I've also um have I'm also been diagnosed with depression as well. And uh, I probably started, uh, started, I, my depression probably started back in uh, when I was in my teens, but it actually wasn't diagnosed till I was about 21, maybe closer to 22, because I started, like, I started drinking, I didn't start drinking till college. Um, and then once 
I left college, I started drinking a little bit more heavier. It wasn't all the time, but when I would go to parties, I would get almost, I would drink to the point where I had trouble like standing sometimes. After I turned 21, I would drink, like I'd get home from work and I'd drink every day. And finally, it was brought to my attention that if I keep on going the route that I'm at and I don't try to get help for anything, I'm going to become an alcoholic. And and that maybe what is going on has something to do with my mood. So I went to the doctor, um, was diagnosed with depression and was put on antidepressants and uh, I, I still drink, but I drink more in moderation. I think the last time I actually, but like the last time I actually got drunk was I want to say it was last around last December. Um, so December of 2019. And I did, we did a, we did my friend's bachelorette party. Uh, we did it during a ugly Christmas sweater bar crawl. And so that was, that is the last time I actually got drunk. Because I don't really drink all that much anymore. Um, I'll have either like a glass of, like you've, like you've had, you've heard, or I've been telling you at some episodes that I, what I'm drinking and if I'm drinking. So that's only maybe just like one or two glasses. Sometimes I'll have a glass or two of wine. Um, if I'm in the mood, I'll have a hard cider or so. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a fan of beer. And, but, but I can understand how Eric's dad could, could get in that that rhythm of drinking every day and then depending on the alcohol. I, I can 100% totally understand that. But it, it takes about two years or so um, after his dad had started drinking to finally stop. And I think one of the reasons that it really stopped was, so Eric is not an only child. He has a sister. Now, his dad had gotten a DUI at one point, and uh, I'm not going to say full custody was taken away from him, but he only has his daughter now on, I want to say, the weekends and the summer. Other than that, his ex-wife has his daughter full-time with her new husband. Um... But while his dad was drinking, it's like Eric became the sole provider for himself, his dad, and his sister. And now it's now his mom wants to take full custody of his sister. Now his mom wants nothing to do with him. Like as soon it wasn't until Eric turned seventeen that his mom started doing the visit like wanted to see it wanted like custody of the sister again. Because it had been a couple years before um, his mom had come back and, like, did anything with any of them. And with his mom 
trying to get full custody, like he's worried that his dad is going to start drinking again. And if his dad starts drinking again, that means custody is going to be taken away. And like Eric can, can see how much like being away, like being with um, their mom takes a toll on his sister. Cause it, it, from what Eric has said, it's like, his mom is trying to turn his sister into like a Stepford wife at like the age of 13 or something like that. And I'm like, she's not trying to give this girl like the childhood that she should have, which would be playing with friends and everything and not, and not dressing up. Like, I, I don't know. It's her, her, their mom's new husband is this very rich, very well-known lawyer. So it's like they're using, they're using the daughter to also like step up their importance in a way. Once, like after the funeral, as I said, Senya moves in with her mom and it's on the poor side of town. Now, it said that her mom was on, I believe, disability. And I don't know what, Four, but like every it's either every week or every other week she has a new guy and with her doing this when she was younger so she it was about when she was 13 14 um one of the men that her mom was dating was the abuser but the abuse didn't stop until he went to prison and now she doesn't believe that she can count on anyone anymore because the time when she did like when she asked for help she was ignored so she's just like you know what I'm, I'm not gonna ask for anyone for help ever again I'm just not gonna do it and I can understand that if if you think every if you think the friends that you have that you've done everything together for the last 10 years and you need them the most and none of them are there for you I, I, truthfully, I would do the exact same thing that she did. I would ice them out. I would kind of make my, like, she's making herself a priority just to be able to get through, just to be able to get through life. Because she's still working on the mental scars that she has. And it's, and it's completely okay for that. But the five of them do actually get back together and what, and how that comes about is there's a school project in their creative writing course. Now, both Eric and uh, Orion had talked to the teacher about getting the group together. Like, I don't know if it was like bribery. I don't think it was blackmail, but I think like, like they might've bribed her with something. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't exactly say um, how they did it. They just said that they had talked to the teacher about it. And so the the teacher did put the put the five of them in the group. Now, the guys while working in this group, they had the guys finally like acknowledged their attractions and feelings that they had for Senya. And she does the same thing. Like she acknowledges, I find these guys hot. I and and she gets these feelings. Now the she feels a little weird about the feelings she has for Manny and vice versa. Because they did used to be step-siblings, but they're not anymore. They haven't been in the last four, almost five years. 
and also the thing is none of the guys, all the guys are straight. They, none of them have feelings for each other except like they have a, um, platonic friendship, but nothing of the, but nothing other than that. So in this high school, like they're all in different groups, like, Orion and Apollo are the popular jocks. You've got Manny, who is the class president. You've got Eric, who is a loner. And Senya, who everyone calls the ice queen. And like a wannabe goth because of how she dresses. But truthfully, in, in my point of view, she's a loner as well. And she kind of, she, she did that to herself in a way. So no one could get close to her and disappoint her again. But when... They, but when they start to build their friendship back up, like you see this school kind of like shake almost because you've got these different, um, I, I don't want to say cliques, but, um, different groups forming together and it's going against the status quo. And the school isn't really liking it all that much. And plus, it's all of their senior year. And, like, these guys hadn't talked to each other at all for the entire time they were in high school until now. Like, basically, since 7th grade till now, they haven't talked. Like, Manny and, and the brothers, Apollo and Orion, they have talked. Um, they've hung out a couple times. I don't think Eric and, and Senya, they hang out a couple times a month, basically just getting coffee. But other than that, there's not much interaction between any of them. And, but the school doesn't really understand why they're talking to, talking to each other because they don't really remember the time when the five of them were inseparable. But, uh, like, everything's going fine for the five of them. They've all decided to date. The, the guys have all decided to date Senya. And, and they're slowly getting used to that idea that they're all together now. But it, it all comes to almost like a screeching halt one day when the abuser in Senya's past gets out of prison now. Before he went to, so this is how the abuser went to prison. So I believe he did try to sexually assault Senya, but she was able to stab him. So when the paramedics kind of took him to the hospital, the police ran it and saw that he was um, wanted, he had a warrant out for his arrest. So when he was arrested, he was, for whatever his crime was, he went to prison. Now, he blames Senya for him going to prison. Not, not that he did a crime beforehand and had a warrant out for arrest, because, you know, nothing is his fault. And so he blames her. And so this abuser, like, he was one of her mom's boyfriends and he would either physically or mentally abuse Senya and her mother. Well, not... Okay. So he was her mom's boyfriend. He would physically and mentally abuse both of them. 
Um, and it never said if he actually, I don't think he ever did sexually abuse Senya at all, but I don't know if it's the same for her mother. So after he's out, like the first thing he does is he goes to Senya's mom's apartment and it's basically so he can get his revenge back on Senya for sending him to prison. Now he does try to sexually assault Senya, but her mother saves her. Uh, she is able to incapacitate the abuser and basically tells her to run, leave the apartment. And once Senya is out of the apartment and in the safety of the arms of the guys and the paramedics, she shoots the abuser and shoots herself. And I think it's most likely that she knew that if she didn't do something now and she got under the thumb of this man again, that they would have never gotten out and it would have been ten times worse than what it was beforehand. And I, I, in, in my mind, her mom had redeemed herself, not, not entirely, but a little bit. Because it seemed like beforehand... Her mom would just like kind of stand there and not do anything if this guy was hitting Sonya at all. I think that she had been possibly abused for that, that Sonya's mom had possibly been abused for so long that she just didn't know how to stand up and fight anymore. But I think when. It became like her own daughter about to go through the same things that she had gone through. She finally fought. So we do have an epilogue in this. And it is 10 years later. And we see the the life that Senya now has. Now she is still with the guys they have they they all have children so the brothers um i it doesn't say they don't know which one fathered the twins but through either apollo or orion they have twin boys manny has a one-year-old daughter and senya is pregnant with eric's daughter here's the thing um so one of the boys, one of the twin boys has her dad's name and Manny's daughter has Manny's mom's name. So it's to pay tribute to them. They get something in the mail that is a book that Senya had written. Now it is a book that is her life from... When she had everything to when she had nothing to when she had everything again. So it's kind of going through the chronological order of her life in a way. All right. So that is the end of this. Now I know that everyone was just like, well, I know that it's very different from what I have done in the past. And I, I get that. I wanted to do a little bit of a change up because... Originally, when I started out with wanting to do this podcast, I'm thinking, okay, 
I'm going to do it this way. But what had actually happened was it came out very different than what I originally planned it to be. So I'm going to try to get on the way of how I originally wanted it. So uh, what we're going to do now is I'm going to tell you how to find me on social media and how to email me. And then we will pick our next book. Alright, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at the handle Not Your Normal Books Podcast. You can also email me any of your thoughts on how the episodes now are, on any book recommendations, or your thoughts and feelings on uh, your own book or on any of the books that we have gone that uh, we have discussed so far at not your normal books at gmail.com. You could donate at, um, on Patreon at patreon.com slash not your normal books. All right, so we are going to pick the next book in the series. We have the lid off. Now, I don't know if I had told you guys before of what I hold the, the uh, picks for the next book. So I have a candy jar that I have slips of paper in on each of those paper. I've got uh, books or series written on them. So I'm just stirring it up right now. All right. Here we go. I'm picking one close to the bottom. My cat is the Antichrist. Antichrist by J.P. Trepang. Oh, fuck. Um, Trepangnir? Oh, I don't know how to say their last name. Uh, it's spelled T-R-E-P-A-G-N-I-E-R. Now, this is a standalone. So, this will be a fun one to cover with... Just the title alone saying that your that your cat is the Antichrist. Um, so I'm going to do the same setup that I did the last time of or of this episode for the next episode. I will see you guys in two weeks for the next episode. Yeah, if you guys want to get a get a hold of me and uh want to tell me how you like this new setup, please, please do. I, I do want your guys' feedback. Um, I will see you guys in two weeks.